Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about reskilling employees. And our guest today is Josh Bortz, co-founder and chief financial officer at Lighthouse Labs. Previously, Josh was a managing partner at Functional Imperative and worked as an algorithmic trader in markets in Asia, Europe, and North America. With a degree in computer engineering and a career path in finance, Josh is a case study in how technology has impacted roles across the organization, leading to the rise of the digital hybrid. Lighthouse Labs teaches people to learn to code in 12 weeks and do it in a way that truly prepares students for amazing careers. Operating out of Canada's most dynamic tech hubs with campuses in Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, Victoria, Montreal and Ottawa, Lighthouse Labs combines a mentors community of 60 plus full-time developers with an agile curriculum that emphasizes building real software. This has allowed them to achieve a great result for its students, a 93% employment rate for job-seeking graduates within 120 days of program completion. Lighthouse Lab's flagship program is the Web Development Bootcamp. The curriculum they have is based on JavaScript, but the real emphasis is on the ability to learn to learn and the best practices you need to succeed in Canada's fastest growing industry. Josh, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thanks, Bill. It's actually my pleasure to be here. Okay, well, let's find out then how pleasurable it's going to be as we get into some hard-hitting questions here. And uh, listeners, I should just add before we get going, he's a lovely guy and we're going to have a good interview here today. Okay, so firstly, uh, tell our listeners about, about yourself, about your career history and your role at Lighthouse Labs. Absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, um, I am a computer engineer from University of Waterloo. Um, I had a fantastic experience there, but the reality is where I learned to code was not in the classroom. It was on the job. Um, their co-op program is really where you learn the dark arts of how to be a software developer. Um, my focus even then, uh, even when I started university, was going to be in finance. Um, I had all my co-ops. I worked at the TD and built one of the first algorithmic trading platforms in Canada. Um, this is around the same time as the Flash Boys book um, was coming, uh, was being written. Um, and from there, it went across over the world into working in algorithmic trading. Um, it was very exciting, uh, great field. Uh, but when I wanted to come back to Canada, I was approached by the idea of going and launching my own business. And entrepreneurship was something that I definitely held dear to me. Um, my first startup, uh, Social Street, was uh, quickly uh, a failure. Um, I did not know enough about how to run a business. I only knew how to do software development. That um, led me to launch Functional Imperative with my business partner, Karam Virani. Um, and together, we worked with other startups to sort of help them around the mistakes that we were making. One of the challenges that we faced, well, just like any other company in uh, Canada and actually around the world, is finding good software talent for, uh, for our projects. Um, while we were out busy hiring um, and constantly, that was my basic, my full-time job was recruiting, uh, it came to us with the concept that we really need to adjust the way that education is, software development education is done in Canada. Um, this led us to launching Lighthouse Labs. And we took a lot of the lessons that I learned from my uh, time at Waterloo, which is that the best way to learn how to code is on the job. 
So the focus of our program was always more about the apprenticeship. How do we give someone enough skills, enough knowledge, enough ability to learn to learn so that they can go onto the job and be able to perform and learn uh, as a junior developer and perform from there. So that's how I ended up uh, at Lighthouse Labs. Um, I am the CFO by default. Um, I do not have a background in finance. I have a background in computer engineering, but um, I do speak numbers and that seems to have led me to take on this role. Okay, thank you very much. Now you call yourself uh, CFO of Lighthouse Labs and you say it's kind of a hybrid role. Can you explain what that means and how all roles are becoming hybrids? Absolutely. So hybrids are individuals who possess deep skills in a non-technical field, such as sales, marketing, project management, or strategy, but also possess enough knowledge of technology to work directly with technicians or developers. Myself, personally, as a software developer and CFO, I am a hybrid. This has allowed me to automate many of our financial processes and letting me focus on high value activities, such as being on this podcast. As software continues to eat the world, many of the roles will become hybrids like mine. And in fact, many already are. Can you imagine a UX designer not being able to understand the limitations of HTML or CSS or a product manager not knowing how the software they built uh, developing is being built? A 2015 Burning Glass study analyzed job postings to find that three out of the four most in-demand job categories, customer relationship management, digital and social media, and search engine analysis were all hybrid roles. The roles have changed, but the titles, job descriptions, and skills that are currently being hired for are behind. This needs to be a wake-up call to companies to adjust the reality already in their organization. We'll be right back after this message from Espresso. The workplace is now more than just work. It's the place where people find community and a sense of belonging to a bigger vision and mission. That's why Espresso built the first culture benefits platform designed to make heroes out of HR teams while connecting people and community. Espresso.com is total well-being, community, recognition, and culture benefits reimagined. Looking for more ways for your people to connect while positively impacting your bottom line? Visit Espresso.com. That's E-S-P-R-E-S-A dot com. Okay, thank you very much. Now, can you tell me what is digital and data literacy and why is that important to Canadian workers? Absolutely. So technology and automation is driving major changes in the Canadian workforce, right? There, there is a huge increase in the soft skills that are being asked for creativity, interpersonal skills, uh, ability to work in teams. But there's also a need for technology-focused hard skills. Um, think about digital and data literacy. When I say this, I'm not suggesting that everyone should be a developer or a data scientist. Um, instead, what I'm really saying is that everyone needs to understand the technology systems that control everything around us. We need to understand their capabilities and their limitations. The lack of data literacy has been front and center already in things around us. You can think about uh, Facebook and a lot of the concern in the market around privacy. That really just shows that people didn't understand already what Facebook was doing. Um, this is, can be applied to other roles too. Um, think about auditors and their ability, to, their need to understand the risks and financial controls or marketers being able to understand page analytics. This goes out to even to uh, blue collar workers. Can you imagine a manufacturing line worker, how they need to understand the capabilities of the robots they work with? Secondly, we also all need to be able to speak developerese. 
and understand how the software development life cycle works. Despite what movies may show and what I may have said earlier, software development is not a dark art. It just feels that way because developers, and again, I am one, we tend to use buzzy keywords and we complicate our language. This is common in every profession, but it makes it even harder because we work in a technical field. Um, often this means that managers and other stakeholders just don't feel confident enough to question what was being told. How often can a developer say, oh yes, this is gonna take weeks of, uh, to implement it, it won't. Or they will tell, us, tell them someone that it can't be done when in reality it's an easy fix. We need to have that ability to question and just like we do in every other field, um, really for uh, our economy to take off. Thirdly, as our life is controlled by almost entirely by software, we really need to understand how to customize it. This may involve basic coding. If you think about an accountant looking for fraud in Excel, and yes, Excel is a software development, uh, development language, or a designer adjusting a web page. They also need to be able to think about in HTML and CSS nowadays. But in many cases, it may not be recognizable as coding. This may be a machinist changing the 3D model in a CNC, right? That does not what you typically think of coding, but they need to understand what the machine is doing and how to operate it. And that is uh, digital literacy. And finally, with all of these software that's happening, the amount of data that is being produced is just magnitudes upon magnitudes larger than it was just even a few years ago. This is why it's essential that we have a workforce that is data literate as well. And what do I mean by data literacy? is that they need to be able to, we need to be able to uh, ask and questions that the, about how the data was generated and its providence. We need to become comfortable with basic statistical measures. And we have to ground our business decisions and our day-to-day -day decisions in data, while at the same time understanding that data never really full, tells the full story. And this transformation is not coming, it is already here. Entire, entire jobs have changed already. If you think about a marketer, they used to be relied on primarily for their creativity and intuitive understanding of consumer behavior. And those skills are still essential. But you could even argue that maybe even more important is their ability to analyze click traffic or transaction logs. Are we sure that all of our marketers that we have have the understanding and the abilities to do that? Are they all data literate? At Lighthouse Labs, we offer our suite of digital and data literacy courses to tackle this very, very specific problem. Traditionally, HR has focused on recruitment to fill skill gaps. Maybe, maybe you can just take a minute or two now and explain why upskilling needs to be in the strategic conversation as well. So instead of going out there and finding new talent to fill a particular role, um, maybe, maybe actually it's a better idea to retain those people in your company who've been there for a while, who get the company culture, love what you're doing, but maybe don't have those skills just yet. Um, and need a little bit of help to to, to reskill. Absolutely, and and I think it's important to define the difference between reskilling and upskilling. Reskilling is skilling someone into a new role. Upskilling is improving their uh, skills in their same role they are already in. And a lot of this comes from that there are many reports out there that automation is going to lead to mass unemployment, right? But that's not really what, at least in my opinion, what's going to happen. Is my fear is more that we're not going to have enough skills to meet that demand. So how are we going to work uh, to invest in our people and ensure that the talent you already have um, is going to be able to do the job? Unfortunately, uh, in Canada, 
we invest less in training than any other country in the OECD. I believe on average, we spend around $890 per employee on learning and development, which is around 40% less than the OECD average. At that dollar value, do we really expect that, that we're going to be able to get any meaningful outcomes? It seems that learning and development is more of a checkbox instead of a strategic investment for most Canadian organizations. And this lack of investment really is ignoring an important part that training plays in improving productivity and increasing retention. It should be really no surprise to anyone that when you train your workforce to do the job better, they're at their job. Nor that if an employee feels an organization is invested in their growth, they will be more invested in that company as well. The benefits of upskilling and training your employees are magnitudes larger than going into the market to hire. If the traditional view from an organization is that they can go into the market and hire any position they want, we at Lighthouse feel that that's ignoring a bunch of basic facts. First, with unemployment rates as low as they are right now and have been for a while, um, it is very expensive to go out and actually recruit because you're typically pulling someone out of an existing company. It also takes longer to fill these roles. That's at the same time that management is pushing for increased agility. Second, it's, there's the grass is always greener fallacy. We tend to always view that overvalue external skill sets relative to internal ones. This is a, partly due to the interview process, which we all know is flawed, tends to ignore the warts and only highlight some, the best of someone, similar to Instagram. And finally, we are, are undervalue the institutional knowledge that the people in our company already have. Replacing that is not easy. While we have many products when we offboard someone in order to try and capture that institutional knowledge, it's not perfect. This leads to context and decisions being lost and therefore bureaucracy, as well as lost business opportunities. As we shift all roles to these hybrid roles that I talked about earlier, is there a plan to completely, is the plan out there right now to completely recruit a new workforce? Because that doesn't seem reasonable. And so if the plan is not that, then we really need to be focused on how are we going to make sure that the value that the talent you have in your company today can meet the needs of tomorrow. Perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, now, in terms of who should be leading the conversation around reskilling and upskilling, is, is that HR? Is that managers? Should employees be taking the case to, to their leaders? Is it the leadership team that should recognize the, the ROI of, of reskilling and the importance of upskilling? Is, is it a bit of everything? Should it, everybody be involved in this process? Uh, that's a great question. And yes, I think everyone does need to be involved in it. That said, this does need to be led from the top with a strong assist from your CHRO. It's something we come across every day is when we speak to organizations and they all, everyone agrees that, oh yes, there's a skills gap. Oh yes, this hybrid role is everything we're seeing. Yes, we want to upskill our employees, but the investment isn't there. And more importantly, the leadership isn't there. We look around and HR often says it's not their responsibility or they don't have the mandate to do it. Uh, you look at other departments and they don't say they don't have the budget. This needs to come from the top down. Um, and this needs to come from the CEO. So HR is the, should be leading this in terms of pushing the conversation with their CEO, educating the leadership team, making them understand how investing your people and valuing the talent you already have is a no-brainer. But this is something that, that in the end of the day, the CEO has to own as a very important strategic initiative for their company. Um, luckily for HR and for the CEO, there is a strong ROI. Um, both for upskilling and for reskilling. And there's plenty of data out there to bolster the business case. 
And when needed, groups like Lighthouse, we'd be happy to come in and play a role in mapping out your talent strategy for this future of hybrids. Okay, thank you very much. So for those in Toronto, they can just pop on into the Lighthouse Labs office, and I'm sure that Jeremy or Josh or someone there would be happy to have a chat with them. Uh, that's uh, King and Bathurst, or I guess you could be a bit more formal and go to the website and uh, and then contact them before they you know, just turn up and uh, start asking them all these questions. Hey, listen, we're, we're almost out of time today, Josh. Before we wrap up, just uh, two more questions for you for today. Um, now, you recently addressed the audience at the uh, 27th of February Innovate Work Toronto meetup. Uh, thank you to Lighthouse Labs for being supporters of a whole bunch of events that we're doing in 2020. Can you can you share just a little bit about what you what you talked about at the at the meetup? Absolutely. I mean, it was on a very similar uh, scale. Um, we were really talking about reskilling and the ROI that comes along with that as well. Um, you know, it's typically we talk about reskilling as a CSR initiative, but there is a good, strong business case for it, and I think that is important for HR to all this case um, for all of their initiatives, which is something that we would love to help with. Perfect. And just finally, I want to mention that the March Innovate Work Meetup is on Tuesday, March the 24th. Usually it's on a Thursday. This That particular month is going to be on a Tuesday. And that's going to be at the Lighthouse Labs building at Bathurst and King. Um, so you should totally go along to that and hear more about Lighthouse Labs and hear from other awesome speakers too. Um, but just for now, Josh, how can we learn more about you? How can our listeners connect with you as well? Absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn under Josh Bortz or send me an email at josh at lighthouselabs.ca. Um, I'd be love to have a chat with you about your talent strategy um, and sort of the role that you see um, the hybrids playing in your workforce. Okay, awesome. Well, that just leaves me to say, Josh Bortz, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.